We are going to stick with the cricket and uh, the bounce. If you don't subscribe to the bounce, I highly recommend it. Dylan Cleaver is the, uh, well, he is the bounce. He is the bounce and he joins us now. He was down at the Basin Reserve uh, coming. Fantastic article yesterday. Dylan, really enjoyed it. Welcome in. How you going, Mark? Very well. Very well. Now, first of all, the thing that your article sparked me onto yesterday and I thought why hadn't I thought of that the whole country is focusing on that sort of last half hour that last wicket Neil Wagner but your column uh, refreshingly uh, reminded me it highlighted it actually was a five-day test and everyone's just reading the back page over and over but the first hundred pages of that test match was just as intriguing yeah I mean I thought New Zealand were cooked I, I can't put it any more bluntly than that. After two days, I think, I mean, it was rain affected a little bit. The, we lost the end of the first and second days, but after two days, England had um, again posted a, a score 435 and declared, which is a very alpha move. And New Zealand, in reply, were nowhere at 138 to 7. It looked like a continuation of um, Mount Monganui. And to be fair, it looked like a continuation of this. World Test Championship cycle where um, this team full of greats, some of them ageing greats, just haven't been able to lift themselves to the heights that they had before. And, yeah, I, just, I thought they were cooked, gone. So did I, and I think so did most people as well. Um, the fact that the rain never came put my draw bet to bed quite early, uh, which disappointed me that Meteorological Service have now have a massive invoice coming in from me. Uh but the, the, the little highlights uh, through there, Kane Williamson, who's, you know, he's struggled a little bit of, due to his own high standards, I guess, a sparkling innings from Tim Southey. Do you look back and, and, and garner a little bit of hope going forward? Or dare I say, is this a little bit like Ian Foster at Ellis Park, that a victory, a very timely victory, or is it untimely for the health of the future in New Zealand cricket? Yeah, that's actually a really good question, and it's one I almost feel really miserable talking about in the uh, in the aftermath of what was just one of the great test matches, one of the great sporting occasions of all time. But yes, I this team is all over thirty. Uh, the team that took the field at the base of the reserve, they have struggled. I do believe we're far closer to the end of an era than the middle of a, an era. So I do think there has to be changes. I, I do I do fear a little bit that the, the astonishing deeds of those last few days will will blind the selectors Gary Stead and Gavin Larson to perhaps some of the um, the pinch points in New Zealand cricket that they need to address. I hope they don't. Uh, there's a part of me, and I, and I wrote about this, and um, I love Neil Wagner. I love the way he goes about the game. I love his wholeheartedness. His just willingness to push himself to dark places in order to help the team. But there's a part of me that hopes that that's the last image I see of um, Neil Wagner in Test cricket, of him charging down the, the wicket after taking the, taking the wicket to win the match, you know, surrounded by his teammates, red-faced, um, you know, just ex- exhorting um, the gods almost. Uh, that's how I want to remember Neil Wagner. I don't want to remember him how I feared I was going to after Mount Monganui when his 80-mile-per-hour bounces uh, were being dispatched back over his head with cross-bat swats. So uh, I do think there needs to be changes. Um, 
I believe strongly that New Zealand cricket needs to invest in spin. Um, this was a really good base reserve wicket. It's the best. It's the best Test match cricket wicket I've seen in New Zealand for a long time because it actually brought spin into the game. We didn't have a specialist spinner. I do think we need to invest and in maybe in some cases fast track our best young batting talent. Don't ask me who that is at the moment because it's pretty unclear. But I just don't think there's a massive future in pushing a plus 30 team out again and again and again and expecting these sort of results because this was one out of the box. They have done it with the white ball with Finn Allen just belligerently just continually picking him on the, on a string of poor scores. Do you feel like there's a reluctance to do that in the Test Match Arena? Yeah, there is, and for good reason. Um, it's a pretty brutal place to learn how to play the game, and we saw that with Ratchet and Revenger, who I hope that they go back to um, sooner rather than later, uh, who scored a century actually in Punkett Shield um, in this latest round. It's a tough place to learn how to play cricket. It can affect your confidence, uh, even with Finn Allen. I, I think we're seeing... Um, and this is white ball cricket with perhaps less consequence. I, saw, I think we're seeing some measure of doubt creep into his game for the first time. Yeah, it's, it is a difficult task, but this is what we pay selectors to do. Okay? We pay them not just to think about the now, but to think about where this team is going to be in two or three years' time. I'm not sure who the best game batters in the country are. There's Joe Carter, FND, who's very highly regarded, but he's not particularly young. There's obviously Will Young, um, who is now plus 30 and who's been dying to get an extended run in the middle order, perhaps it's the time. But again, we're not we're not talking about young guns here, are we? There's Rachel Revenger. Uh, there's uh, Jacob Cumming, Craig Cumming's son down in the south, who's highly regarded, who has yet to score big runs at first-class level. And there's a guy at CD they talk very highly about um, called Curtis Heapy, who can't even kind of break into the CV team at the moment. So there's not a there's not a heck of a lot of riches out there to pick from, but that they do need to start thinking about where they're going to go. It's interesting because when the selectors do take a punt, it's on guys um, at the wrong end of their careers. And um, recently, Blair Tickner, Scott Kugeline, uh, we're not going to get 10 years of service out of them. And I just don't know what the, what the reluctance is. Or is it simply that there isn't that young talent there ready to go. Because right now, Sri Lanka in New Zealand is the perfect time. You would think so, wouldn't you? And yeah, uh, look, Blair Tickness 29, uh, a really honest trier in first-class cricket. I think now is the time to see whether they can get three, four good years out of him. Um, Scott Kugline, I'd be reluctant to for probably different reasons. But um, yeah, again, you know, he's had a long first-class career. Are we... Are we really going to get a lot of years of good quality test cricket out of him? I doubt it. Uh, but, yeah, don't ask me who the real young game quicks are in the country because I want to watch a lot of domestic cricket and I haven't seen a lot. What do you make of Duffy and Shipley? Uh, Duffy, again, has been doing it for a long time. I think he's leading the first-class wicket charts this year by a long way. Uh, good player, probably lacking a yard of pace to really travel international batters, but you could say the same about Wagner and, and Saudi, right? Um, yeah, not quite there for me, and I have to confess, I was really looking forward to watching Shipley when he made his debut over in the subcontinent recently, and yeah, I don't think he's there yet.
he could, but I don't think he's there yet. And yeah, again, that's, that's probably a guy in his mid-20s. Um, if you ask me the really young ones, no. Uh, it's, it's pretty much an empty cupboard, unfortunately, if we're talking about those early 20s uh, tearaways that you hope you can mould into a, a test player. Yeah, just just talking about this, I sense people are saying we're, we're doom and gloom merchants, but um, I don't want to take away from the amazing achievement that was yesterday. I don't often get up, jump up and down and scream at a at a test match, but we all did it at work here yesterday at about five past four. It was it was just just amazing. But um, sometimes a victory can, as I said, right at the very start, can paper over some longer some longer issues and I just don't think we've got uh, collectively at the top of New Zealand cricket to take a chance to do what England cricket did with Brendan McCullum um, I felt like their one crack at being a little bit unconventional was the Finellum one that didn't work are they now gun shy to make change do, do you think they're just happy to sit there and and hope yeah well New Zealand cricket's in a really interesting position right with the player talent pool is tiny yeah uh, England can take punts because they know there's um, an entire county system of, what is it, 18 counties or 16 counties that are feeding talent through their academies. New Zealand doesn't have that luxury. It's a tidy player pool. We do amazingly. And, and again, yeah, look, I, I'm glad you mentioned that because what we witnessed yesterday was one of the, the most stunning days in New Zealand sport that I can recall, and it was just such an uplifting moment. What we're talking about here is how we get more of those uplifting moments in the years going forward. How do we replicate that World Test Championship um, feat? Um, we do it by introducing one or two younger players per season, maybe. Um, we've just got to get better at identifying those, those younger players a little bit earlier because we've had such a golden run. This truly has been a golden generation. I mean, you look at this team, Tim Southey, Kane Williamson, um, BJ Watling, Tom Blundell um, has come in and basically been the new BJ Watling and potentially even better with the bat than BJ. Uh, Trent Bolt, Neil Wagner, uh, possibly Devin Conway, you know, you could put even Tom Latham in the conversation, all-time New Zealand greats. A lot of those guys are challenging for the best New Zealand 11 of all time. But when we miss... When we lose someone like a, a Taylor and a Trent Bolt, uh, a Kyle Jamison, it's, it's imperative that we've got that depth to replace them. And I'm, I'm just not sure it's there at the moment. And more worryingly, I'm just not sure that it's been thought of. We're talking to Dylan Cleaver from the bounce, Dylan. Before I let you go, I do want—I'm uh, going to give you, let you have a plug because I love your writing. You always come up with an angle that makes me stop and think. So, best way for people to uh, get involved with uh, with your journalistic work? Well, actually, the easiest way is if you just Google Dylan Cleaver and the bounce, uh, you'll get a link through to my Substack uh, website and newsletter, or Dylan Cleaver, all one word, dot Substack. And I uh, would love to see you there. It's a free sign up, so the more the merrier. Absolutely. Dillian, thanks heaps for your time today. No problem, mate.